Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, May 25th edition from Emerald Downs. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and track announcer Bill Downs as we have a three-day race week. Yes. Ready for three days? Absolutely. We can do it. We've done it before. And we're going to do it this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, Memorial Day, racing 2 p.m. first race each day, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, Entries are out for... Saturday for and sure. Sunday and Sunday are out. Yeah. No. Vince Brune, our morning line maker, has already taken a look at Sunday. You said it looks pretty good, Vince. It does. I think we've got 68 horses in nine races. Good. What is that? Aqua almost seven eight and a half or yeah. something. Seven and a change. Yeah. So pretty good. And and the quality, just going through it, you know, for a few of the races, looks good. It's fine. And and Saturday's card I thought was okay. So yep. yeah, we're, we're doing pretty good. Okay. Well, again, Racing Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we have the Great Outdoors Giveaway. We're going to be giving away nice outdoor prizes uh, at Emerald Downs. So fill out your entry blanks when you come into the track, and you will uh, have a chance to win some nice outdoor-themed prizes. Drawings after the fifth race each day, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. 10% takeout in effect on those pick threes and daily double wagers. Uh, Just really good for the horse player there 10 percent when have you heard of a 10 percent takeout well it's this year at emerald downs coming up our first fab friday will be june 9th friday june 9th you get the t-shirt the emerald downs fab friday t-shirt and of course you can wear that t-shirt back for free admission on all subsequent fridays at the 2023 meeting dancing at the downs another edition coming up on saturday june 10th and Vince, you were at the Dancing at the Downs this past Saturday night and it looked like a really good crowd. Huge. I was at the admission table and uh, I would say it was our biggest crowd yet. That's and cool. yeah, uh, I think probably over 400 people and a lot of walk-ups. And uh, 
uh, I'll tell you one for sure. There was more people dancing than ever before. They ran out of room on the dance floor. So now it's it was. Uh, I think uh, I think we've hit on something there. Prom date mixtape. I heard that name of the yeah. band, and you know I, I'm not super... a lot of '80s music. Yeah. You know, aha, and that kind of stuff. Okay. For, you know, the MTV era, I guess. But that name of the band, you know, I'm not going to be any authority on local live music, but uh, sounds like a funny name for a band. Prom date mixtape. But I guess a lot of the members were from the retros who really did well around here for a yeah, long time. and that that certainly was the kind of music they were playing. Okay, yeah. Dancing at the Down, Saturday, June 10th. Um, hey, our guests today are Dan Markle, trainer. He's been here at every Emerald Down season and many, many at Long Acres and heads down to the Bay Area. Um, he was good buddies and trained for Glenn Kelly, who passed away at the age of 89. We're going to talk about Glenn Kelly, who was a, a really uh, great character around the racetrack, a super generous guy as well. And jockey Alexis Valdez is going to join us also here on Horse Racing Northwest. He's off to a great start. I'm seeing uh, six wins, and he has the highest winning percentage of any of the top riders also at 24%. So, Well, this... actually, Negron has, is 25%. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, 9 for 39. But no, your point well taken. Alec, Alexis Valdez, 6 for 25, a nice 24%. Yeah, yeah, he's off to a really good start. Okay, he'll join us. Um how about some uh, weekly honors, Vince? Yeah, uh, this was for uh, May 20th, 21. Our, our jockey of the week is uh, one of the guys I just mentioned, Luis Negron. Um, he had a three-win day, is top the jockey standings with nine wins. So excellent newcomer. Rigoberto Jesse Velasquez, our trainer of the week. Boy, he had a nice week. He had a debut winner. Yeah. Uh, Stand two, won a race we'll talk about probably here in a little bit, and three wins for him. And, you know, that's interesting, Joe and Bill, because last year, Jesse got off to a real slow start, mm -hmm. and uh, it took him a while to get his first win. He still had a great meet, uh, but, boy, his horses are firing uh, here in the early going. The owner of the week, Stable HMA, uh, one of the clients for Justin Evans, our leading trainer currently uh with six wins in our washington bread of the week wtboa washington bread of the week a view from above back on track for trainer kay cooper owner uh doug stenberg and bred of course by rick and debbie pabst all right there's our honors pistol power was one of jesse velasquez's wins. yeah nine-year-old washington think, didn't both of you guys picked that horse yeah, got a nice i think bill picked him second but i did have him right there yeah on I, knew, I knew that and uh a real gutsy win because uh who was it uh was it new eagle he just went out and just you know went out to the front took a uh, well new eagle. yeah new eagle that's right he that. challenged him big time in the stretch oh that's right he had to come back on yeah again and to he win. came back on and yeah. uh how many wins for pistol power here at emerald downs nine now or uh, something like that i believe it is yeah he's been a he's been a hard-hitting horse here might be more than that even he he won three last year and well, you, I think you've been, I know this, you've been on his bandwagon many yeah, times when he's, he's won. He's a tough horse. Uh, okay, well, that is great. There's our honors. You can go to emeralddowns.com for news and notes, uh, just everything except for the answer to our weekly trivia question right there on news and notes at emeralddowns.com. Vince does a great job there. And uh, so we will uh, talk with Dan Markle in segment two and Alexis Valdez in segment three but uh before we go to a break uh we had a little incident last sunday here we had a double dq two horses disqualified in the same race and they ran one two 
And uh, Bill, we had that happen in 2017 with double-A prospect first to the wire and Buckley Bay third to the wire. They were both trained by Tom Wenzel, which is related to this one mm -hmm. because, of course, they were both Justin Evans trainees DQ'd on Sunday. But ironically, well, in a difference, double-A prospect and Buckley Bay both fouled different horses at the start of their races while uh, the one and the five on Sunday, um, Bill, uh, you know, we saw the head on many times. The one broke out and the five broke in and two, three, and four got the worst of it. Yeah, uh, that's that's the thing. Uh, I don't know if independently if they would have been DQ'd, but because it was a sandwich effect, uh, Stewart's decided to uh, DQ uh, both horses from that race. And, uh, you know, I, I was kind of surprised because I'm sitting there going, you know, I was told a trainer objection in the stretch uh, between the three and the six. So <laughs> they said, they call me up and say, double DQ with the one and the five. I'm like, okay, yeah, go with whatever they tell you. In so. fact, you were even instructed to say that the one and the five are not involved in the objection, no. which they no. weren't. No, what I do is I get, I get a call from the stewards. They tell me trainer objection three, six versus three, three versus whatever. It was six. Three versus, and six, yeah. yeah. Six for an incident versus, in the stretch. Right? And so stand it, two and, and right now, at that point, I'm told, uh, that's what I'm told. So it doesn't involve the top two finishers. But I also said, please, in any event, please hold all tickets. So that is what uh, what I said there. And I, you know, the DQ, it happened. And uh, um, you can debate yeah. all, all you want about that. But I wasn't given any details yeah. on, on that uh until after the facts. Yeah. yeah, and that's my point is we can debate always, of course, you know, uh, a foul or multiple fouls. Sure. And uh, those are always going to be, you know, people will have opinions on those. But I think what was lacking here a little bit was the, the communication maybe and what went out to the public there uh, on what was transpiring. And you said it, Joe, we saw the head on many times. So we kind of figured, well, that's kind of what they're looking at, but it was never addressed yeah. to the public. So I think maybe the procedure was a little bit uh, lacking there. Okay. And the, one of the reasons the procedure lacked is because last year the stewards were able to call a review, a stewards review, which is different from a Inquiry. Stewards inquiry in how? In that it's a soft look at the race, which they're all doing from start to finish, before the race, after the gallop. They're they're watching the races. And a, an inquiry and a review are basically the same thing. But in a review, what got them into trouble, and I think it's trouble because the lights were never flashing on the one or the five and they got disqualified. Numbers one and two got taken down, both of them. And their numbers never flashed because it was a review. And in a review, you don't flash the numbers. You flash the numbers in an inquiry. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm almost sure that's their uh, their protocol. If, they call it a review and then they're sense. looking at it while everything else has happened normally. And then normally in a review, I guess nothing happens. But, but this time, the public is just, what? Yeah. And we did know of, like you said, they looked at the head on maybe 12 times, which we saw on all of our TVs as well. And you can see the one and the five both uh, uh, compromising the horses inside of them and outside of them. Um, but to never have the lights flash on horses that run one, two, and then they're DQ'd, it, that's not 
the way racing has been conducted and it's not the way to keep the fans informed. Yeah. So. You kind of want fair warning if as a horseman or as a player, if, if your win is in jeopardy at some point and there really wasn't there. Um, also I would add, you know, usually I, afterwards, you know, if a horse is in fact disqualified as we had there, um, there's usually a little explanation that, uh, you know, uh, yeah, that the no. public address announcer will say, please look at the television monitors. Here is why the stewards determined uh, a foul occurred. Yeah. And, and I think we usually do do that. We, we yeah, we, uh, in all that, and rush to the next race and the, all the time, um, that was probably Emerald Downs' fault to not do huh. that. So um, we'll, we'll make sure we do that. But I, uh, just on one last uh, comment on that, I thought that the one and the five deserved to be DQ'd and, and independently. We haven't talked about it. Bill, what did you think? I, you know, I don't have to agree with every, every decision. And I, sometimes I do, sometimes yeah. I don't, but my opinion doesn't matter. It, it's, you know, I, 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 I saw the two and the three have to, to take up. So mm -hmm. stewards ruled that the, the, because of the combination of the, of the two, of the two events coming together, that's what they decide. Yep. It's, I will say this, you're going to do that. Then, you know, yeah. there's other, other times that horses come over two, three paths on other horses. And, you know, usually they give you a stride or two out of the gate. So it, you know, you always want, you know, no matter if it's horse racing with the uh, stewards or baseball umpires with the uh, balls and strikes, you know, some umpires give that outside corner, but they want you to be, the players want you to be consistent and not just, you know, all right, I'll give you the, this one, but not the next one. Um, so that would be my only thing. You know, you set a precedent. Now you gotta, you gotta enforce that precedent. That's right. Yeah. And I, I agree with what Bill just said. And, you know, the baseball or basketball analogy. Okay. You're going to call them close. Now we know the parameters as players or as jockeys, you know, what can and cannot happen. And I will say, you know, it's always a little tougher at the break because these are big, powerful animals going from a, a stop trying to get up to a 40 mile an hour ping. Now they're not on tracks out there. There there's going to be a little going in and out, you know, that's going to be natural. Just physics is going to determine that. Um, was this a little bit more than that? Probably. Um, I, I've always been in the camp with, you get, got to give them some leeway at the start, you know, but I, I agree with what Bill just said. Okay. If that's the rule, then, you know, um, consistent enforcement of that will be fine as long as going forward, that's what happens. So it's just as a player or maybe as a trainer or an owner, it's, it's hard to win a race and then have, have that number taken down for something that happened way at the start and you win by many lengths. But Joe, I, you know, if it's yeah. a foul, it's a no, foul. I, I, Hey, the one and the five who caused all the trouble ended up running one, two, the three who got the worst of it among the two, three and four, got shuffled way back. And you what know. happened with the trainer objection? Yeah, that that's another thing that's going to be... I was never told uh, no. the result of that, and we, I was never able to see a head-on of that either when you call it up on race replays because uh, it, all they're doing is showing the, the what was going on at the start. So I don't know what happened there. Okay. Yeah. That was, yes. Uh, I'm trying to forget the name of the... Uh, oh, it was Mahi, 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 Mahi and, and Stan, uh, Stan Yeah, I know too. it was Stan too. The, the foul allegedly was for Stan was two coming over on Mahi Mahi, I believe, in the yes, stretch. Yeah. He did. Yes. He came out, and the rider uh, 
uh, Roscoe had to take a hold of mahi mahi clipped or just steadied off heels there and right Rat, about the eighth. Ratke was was not happy after the finish. You could hear him. You could see him turf right. or whatever. He was right near that too. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Emerald Downs will uh, work with the stewards and hopefully we'll make things a little clearer to the public in the future through the stewards information. All right. Uh, we're going to have selections, our sports shorts, trivia in the final segment. Uh, but coming up, trainer Dan Markle next on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an express bet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with first bet and reside in the state where such activity is legal would you prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700 Going away from the Caribou Road, missed the start by several lengths and is flying home. The music of my soul's in front by three to World Venture. World Venture is coming now on the outside. Music of my soul, World Venture. Caribou Road should have won this race easily. The music of my soul has won. Caribou Road, the biggest thing beaten all meat. That was Caribou Road. And many of you may remember that. That was one of the unique races in Emerald Downs history. Caribou Road, Road a son of Cahill Road, um, didn't come away with the rest of the starters in the Coca-Cola handicap back there in 2013. But wow, did he run the last half mile or last three eighths of that race? Uh, he spotted the field 15 to 20 lengths, came on and ran second. And trainer Dan Markle probably remembers that afternoon pretty well. Dan, good to talk to you. Hey, Joe. Good to be here. How about that Caribou Road race in that stake? Uh, Glenn Kelly and Ann McClellan owned that uh, horse, McLennan, and uh, that horse uh, put on quite a show that day and didn't get the win. Yeah, that little horse, he, uh, he, he provided us with a lot of, a lot of fun and entertainment. That uh, that was something else, you know, the length of the inquiry and everything, and the stewards didn't know what to do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the horse got the purse money, and he deserved it. He did. Uh, he, you know, we we didn't get to cash our exacta tickets, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the horse got the money. He did. You know, he, he won it, too. He won a couple nice races at age three, son of Cahill Road. You had him ready for that stake, and uh, the assistant starter had a little issue and was holding on to him when everybody else was running at the start of that stake. But boy, what a finish. He almost got up to win. And I, the reason for the delay, again, was that the stewards were going to try and pay off his place tickets, his show tickets, his exacta seconds, his uh, trifecta seconds and thirds, etc. But they found that uh, if you scratch the win bets and pay people their refund, 
because he didn't have a chance, uh, you know, a fair chance, then you have to scratch every wager. So that's what took the time. But you got your 10,000 for running second. And uh, yeah, we all remember that race <laughs> and that horse. Oh, I'll never forget that one. Yeah. 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 That was, that was something else. And, and the length of the, you know, the stewards deciding what to do was, you know, quite time consuming. It was. Yeah. They but, were, uh, you know, they did, they made the right decision. Yep. You got the money, um, and a lot of fans at 11 to 1, I think he was something like that in there, um, maybe were uh, lamenting that they didn't get paid for place, just like you said. But Glenn Kelly owned that horse along with his gal, Ann McLennan, and uh, Glenn passed away at the age of 89 this past weekend, uh, and you've been training for him. Uh, let's, let's talk about Glenn, uh, Dan, and, uh, you know, your first impressions of him. I tell you, there's just not enough good words to describe Glenn. He's the most gracious and generous person, human that I've ever known. I mean, he just always looked on the bright side of everything. And his, his big thing was bringing people together. He just, you know, he just liked to have have a good time and be surrounded by his his friends. Yeah. And his friends were, you know, everyone. No kidding. I mean, oh, you know, from grooms to hot walkers to, you know, Glenn Todd, to, you know, everybody. He knew everyone, you know, and uh, everyone liked Glenn. He was just a real, real positive person. Yeah. A lot of and, you. And, uh, you know, I knew he was in, you know, bad shape and in a lot of pain and everything. But when I got the news the other day that, you know, he'd passed, I just, like I fell off the wagon and fell underneath the wheel. I just was mm. crushed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I, you know, knew it was in, inevitable, but uh, it just, you know, took it hard. Yeah, uh, the last time I saw him, you know, his mind was just super sharp. His body was kind of, you know, he had a lot of aches and pains and, and issues. I mean, he was a ball player, baseball player for a long time at a high um, level. Good athlete. Really yeah. good athlete. And uh, I could see yeah. where, he, you know, in later years he might have some physical issues, which he did. But, boy, he always had that optimistic smile on his face. Yeah, always had that smile, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even when he was, you know, his last last day, he was surrounded by his family, and uh, he still had that smile on his face. That's great. Yeah, Glenn Kelly passed. But you away. know, when you mentioned Caribou, mm -hmm. one time Caribou was involved in an inquiry, a photo finish, and there was an inquiry, and this is you know when Glenn was on a walker, so you know, well, he figured, you know, the other horse, you know got the nod so he's headed back up towards champions mm -hmm. bar there with his walker and then they announced they were, they reversed the decision so glenn made a u-turn you know <laughs> to get back to the winner's circle and he was almost crying because the other horse got disqualified oh boy i mean that's how gracious this guy was i mean he just you know, I mean, he was just something else. But whenever, 
whenever Glenn was coming to town, you could feel a good one coming on because <laughs> the party was going to be on. Yeah. Yeah, Dan Vince here. I was, I was going. I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, but you mentioned champions, and you know, I know it's the business and all that, but horse racing for participants is supposed to be fun. And him and his people down there, they had more fun than anybody at the racetrack, Glenn. Uh, you know, he loved to come down for the mile, and he would rent the whole floor of the uh, motel, <laughs> and then fly people in from all over the country. To, to be there wow. for the mile. I didn't, and I tell you, you know, and Glenn was not getting around real good then. So I'm surprised the floor didn't cave in <laughs> in Glenn's room because there were so many people in there. I remember and, going to uh, one every, of those. I mean, yeah. everybody wanted to be, you know, surrounded him, you know. Yeah. I mean, he is just, you know, you know, and there's just, you know, nobody like him. Yeah, his That's generosity sure. was just uh, tremendous. You just related a story there. And how many dinners did he host over there in Auburn that ended up having 25 or 30 people at the at the top restaurant in Auburn? How many times did that happen, Dan? Oh, well, Countless. you know, he spent the winter down here at Golden Gate, you know, camped out at the, you know, motel across, you know, the way here. Hmm. And endless. Yeah. Every night after the races, you know, there'd be 20, 30 people over there, you know, and Glenn would just be in his glory. Oh, boy. Hey, fellas, yeah. I... And, uh, and he would be offended if if you'd buy him a drink. I mean, he'd get, like, sort of mad, Yeah. you know, that you didn't put it on the, on his tab. Was, you know, was... he was... Glenn, he was from, was he from British Columbia guys, I believe? I and so. and didn't he make a, a lot of money? Was it in the tire business, I want to say, Joe yeah. or Dan? Yeah. 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 I don't know that much about it, but I think he had, you know, yeah, he roamed all over Canada and set up these tire stores. Yeah. I think he sold and, franchises. You know, I mean, from Vancouver to, you know, Toronto, you know, Winnipeg and all all through Canada, he had these tire stores. Yeah. He was and, a... you know, I think they're in kind of key locations in, you know, downtown areas. You bet. Uh, uh, he he made some money you know, somewhere, that's for sure, because he yeah, sure spent it yeah, the last but, 40 but you years. you know how generous he was? Yeah. Everyone that worked for him mm. got paid well. When he sold them companies, they got paid well for working for him. You know how you know how Glenn is. I mean, he's just the most generous person in in the world. Quite a legacy. Quite a legacy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you you had uh, you had a good winter down there at Golden Gate. Uh, Gabby Hayes won three in a row there up until the end of April. Um, so that that gave yeah Glenn yeah some trying pleasure. to get him in one more time here, but uh, you know I don't know if I'll you know get him in once once more or not, but. Uh, I think there's a race coming up for him on Sunday, but mm. uh, or Monday maybe. But uh, try to get him in one more time. Well, that's great. And then we'll be cool. heading up to Emerald with him. Excellent. Glenn and Ann own Gabby Hayes again on a three-race winning streak down there at Golden Gate for trainer Dan Markle. And, yeah, those kind of guys just cannot be replaced. Uh, just yeah, the enthusiasm. That's for sure. The, the involvement, the generosity, just uh, off the charts for Glenn Kelly, who left us at the age of 89. And 
Dan, uh, you're going to be up here soon. You've been part of Emory Emerald Down season and well back into Long Acres days. And uh, uh, no early season win from I'm a Happy Cat this year. No, she's uh, she's going to be a broodmare. Good. Uh, yeah, Spooners, they bred her to some good horse back in Kentucky. And they're going to bring her out here then to spend the summer and foal her here and uh, have a Washington bred. So uh, that'll be interesting. Better horse called Upstart. Okay, Upstart. Had, you yeah. know, a, a real good, uh, you know, juvenile season. Yep. Yeah, definitely a stallion that's well known around North America now after his start. Upstart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, I'm a happy cat who won four different times in her first out of the meeting up here, including three stakes races. Uh but uh, what's your stable look like that you're going to have up here this summer? Uh, you know, I don't got no happy cat, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I got Gabby Hayes. And then uh, then I got another grazing filly that seems to be run, running real good, uh, Zay Zen. Yeah. She's reeled off a couple in a row, and uh, she's real fast. She and is. And she's in real good shape. And, and some, you know... Oh, I don't know. I got some other horses here. I got another one that uh, that Glenn was part of called Arma Dioro. Okay. And uh, he he puts up good numbers too. So uh, we'll see. He's uh, I turned him out to give him a little break, and then now I've worked him a couple half miles. So he'll be ready to go when I get there. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and I the spoon- I think I'll be heading up after this Monday. It'll be good to have you in your same barn that you've had every year. And, uh, yeah, Zazen, she won uh, up here last year. And it looks like she's even better this year at age four. Is that what you think? Well, she she really took to this surface down here, that's for sure. Okay. But she runs good on the dirt up there, too. So, uh, And, uh, you know, she's dead fit. When she comes off the trailer, she'll be ready to roll. Excellent. That's yeah. a Tim and Sue Spooner horse. Yeah. Another uh, set of grand clients you have. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. uh, Dan has had some I've outstanding been, clients. I've been really blessed, you know, people that have, you know, provided me with horses and, you know, pretty good horses too. Very good. But uh, I know Glenn, I always used to try to get a horse for him with a name easy to remember, like uh. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> she was a good one yeah and uh thankful for him but uh yeah and uh and getting sideways she was another one that yeah. uh and both of those you know mares were by grazing and we claimed them you know at an early age you know and uh and we i think uh getting sideways we must have run her about oh i don't know 40 times she made almost you know, on the other side of 250,000. And uh, Glenn used to get a kick out of that, claiming them for 12.5 and then mm-hmm. see them move up the ladder. Yeah, everybody. Uh, uh, and said that uh, <clears throat> the last time Gabby Hayes won, she says, Glenn was hooting and hollering, and that's so loud coming down the lane that it scared their dog. <laughs> well, it's good to be happy when you win, and and he certainly deserved it, man. What uh, 
what a great addition to the sport of thoroughbred racing Glenn Kelly was and to uh, a whole lot of endeavors he got involved in. And uh, no, I'm hard, so grateful. Hard to replace a yeah. guy like that. You really can't. But yeah. just wanted to recognize him and uh, and we'll certainly remember him. Glenn Kelly passing at the age of 89. Uh, Dan, thanks for joining us. Uh, oh, you bet, Joe. Good and to, I'll see you soon. Yeah, that is great to know, too. So uh, good luck in your remaining days at Golden Gate, and we'll see you up here at Emerald Downs. Well, okay, thanks thank, a lot. Thank you, Dan. Dan Bye. Markle mm -hmm. joining us on Horse Racing Northwest, uh, talking about his client, Glenn Kelly. Um, another passing uh, we need to relate, Ron Warren, uh, the ownership duo of Ron and his wife, Rosalie Warren, uh, passed away at the age of 86, uh, a little more than a week ago. Ron really enjoyed the game as well. Uh, Jim Penny, Kay Cooper trained for them, and uh, they had some good horses, Jamaica Bound, but most notably Jabrika, who really was a good horse in the Emerald Downs era. Yeah, topped out. Those who follow buyers got a 98 here once at Emerald Downs and was what an Emerald Derby winner. Second in the Godstein, won the Derby, ran in the mile. Yeah, he was he was a really nice horse. And beat uh, Jabrika in the Budweiser in twenty uh, what would have been thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I had a chart of that. I think there was um, behind Jabrika that day. Striker PhD, winning machine. Why not be perfect? He won the Governors at one point at a huge price. Makers finale, hoist, assessment, Rocky's Quest, and Kuki mm -hmm. Saluki. That was a pretty good field. Yeah, and Joe, you and I spent a little time with Ron. He was a nice man. Super nice guy. And very extremely intelligent and uh, loved the horse business. And uh, yeah, another loss. Yeah, long career in the state patrol. Ron, Ron Warren passes away at the age of 86. So uh, not the most upbeat segment on the history of horse racing Northwest, but certainly want to recognize those prominent people that left us. So we'll be right back with uh, jockey Alexis Valdez and more in our final segment on Horse Racing Northwest. Buckle shoe? Yes! Yes! yes let's go! It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. What you do is all at Muckleshoot Casino. Let the spinning wheel go round and the night go on. Moments you'll never forget. You're always going to have fun. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. Danielle's secret cuts the corner, has a lead by three and a half lengths. Camden High continues to rally outside second, and then in third, that is Lucinderella, 16th to go. It's Danielle Secret who's got this race won. Danielle Secret, give Jockey Alexis Valdez a hat trick. Horse Racing Northwest, our final segment here from Emerald Downs is again we head into a three-day weekend, racing Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Monday's Memorial Day, first race, 2 p.m. each day. The Great Outdoors giveaway, in effect, there's going to be prizes Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Just fill out your free entry blank when you come into the track. And uh, one jockey that's new to Emerald Downs this year, we just heard a stretch run of one of his victories on May 13th, Danielle Secret, home to victory under Alexis Valdez. Alexis, good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it from the opportunity and the invitation. Yeah. Thanks I'm very for, glad for that. 
And we're happy to have you at Emerald Downs this year. Um, let's just go back to the beginning. Uh, how is it that you became a jockey? Wow. Well, I am five members from my family jockey. I got two member jockeys, like one uncle and one cousin in Puerto Rico right now. And I got two more cousins in Finger Lakes right now. Wow. That's and, a and, lot of relatives. And I am the little boy, like the last one. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, horse racing is big in Puerto Rico, correct? Yeah, it's very important over there. Yeah, it's like um, they are a school, um, school for the jockeys and for the trainers, for the failures. Um, they teach you everything and to be like a groom too. So, yeah, and they... They give you opportunity to learn a, learn a lot over there. Alexis, yeah, you mentioned 26-year-old. You're from Puerto Rico. You've been around the country already a little bit. Yeah. I showed you a chart. Your first career win, it was in 2016 at Finger Lakes on a horse called Saratoga Swag. You won by seven and a half, breaking your maiden. But I also see you... He's smiling. You bring you up bet. good and memory. You've ridden at Presque Isle, Tampa Bay, Laurel, Penn National, a lot on the east. How do you end up at Emerald Downs out in Washington here? So, to be honest, um, I... Harry Hernandez is a jockey. Um, Leading right rider now, in Phoenix, yeah. Yeah. He, give, he find me an agent to go to Arizona. And there I meet a new trainers like from here, like Jeff May, like Joe Rosales and Frank Lucarelli. And I ride for them over there. And when I when the times come close to the track track um to the meeting as end, they invite me to come here, my peers too. And I don't think twice, like I am like um I'm not afraid like to to start to beginning and and I like it and and they they offer me um a good opportunity to get some rides on and to be honest I don't have place to go so I come here to try. Yeah, he's not afraid to try something new. That's been proven by the tracks you rattled off. Well, and it sure doesn't hurt to, you know, when you're riding for a defending training champ, George Rosales, you you guys have already won, what, four races at the meet? And I think I see you guys are teaming up quite a bit this weekend. Yeah, we we win like seven or eight races before the, in Arizona before nice. I come here. And he likes how I ride. And mm-hmm. he asked me if, if, if I come here, like, for, for being a first call to him and... And I say, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? You know? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? And there I talk with all the other trainers. Like I've, I win a stakes over there for Frank Lucarelli too. Uh huh. And our all-time leading trainer. Yeah. So I don't. I I think like I guess to like the place like maybe I gonna do did go here because I ride for that few trainers. They win a lot of races here. Sure. So. And yeah, I'm you've here. come through. You've yeah. you're off yeah. to a good start. Twenty four percent is excellent. How, how do you how do you like it up here? Have you ever been to Seattle before? Seattle area? And first what do you time, think? First time. I love it here. I love the crowd. I love the place, the racetrack, everything here. Like um, the people treat you with respect and and everything. And and I appreciate that. The um, the facilities very very like good man um very clean like very mm-hmm. very take care of that and i like it because they've been taking the race track, so 
it's my first time I come through a restaurant and, and feel like a lot of crowd support you and <laughs> screaming to you like you are. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, exciting. Made you feel important, made you feel happy and exactly what we're trying to do. We've had some good crowds the first five days, definitely. You yeah, know, definitely. we have kind of we get a little rain in the winter time around here, but when the sun comes out like it has been, people want to get outside, and a lot of them have come to Emerald Downs and cheering for you, seeing your six wins. So, uh, great start. Um, uh, what do you feel you do well as a jockey? You know, and and you you see all these other guys ride, and you know, I yeah, can... I study every rider. Yeah, every rider, I study every race. I know um, what exactly maybe the jockeys like to do in the races. So when I come behind from them, I know we're gonna. I know if the rail gonna be open. I know if somebody want to try to go wide. So that's a little bit of keys you have to memorize when you ride in to when you get the opportunity to make your move. You don't have to to check or something and and make the right move to win the race. Yeah, and, you know, I'm just sensing a little confidence here, too. You bet. If you have some self-confidence? Because yes, yes, when do. you go to new tracks, and, and Vince mentioned so many different tracks at, at your young age that you've ridden at, you've got to feel like, I can take my my jockey expertise in there and I, and I can compete with these guys. Do you feel like that? I feel like that. Yeah, I feel like that. I've been like... To be honest, like like he mentioned, and like I ride a few tracks from the east, they are tough places. You land over there, you ride with good jockeys over there, good trainer, good horses. So if you try to get better every day, you will learn. Yeah, and you wanna do you, you have a goal for the season that you would like to accomplish? I know obviously win a lot of races. I want to win um, I want to win a lot of races, but Obviously, the goal for every rider is being leading rider. Sure. And I be I will work hard for that. And if not happen, we can keep trying another year and then not give up. Do you know Alex Cruz too? Yes, yeah. I know him. He's a fellow countryman, right? Yes. From he, you? And Luis Negron too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they from Puerto Rico. That's too. right. Yeah. Luis and Luis and you are sharing a place I hear in Covington, which is good. You yeah. guys can. Uh, cut down a little bit on yeah, expenses. Yeah, we are good friends. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, Alexis Valdez is off to a, a, a outstanding start. We have a few new riders, but you've certainly got the notice of uh, Emerald Downs Racing fans with a good start, and, and you've got uh, a lot of opportunity this weekend. It looks like. Hopefully, hopefully we're yeah. getting better, and I just not want to ride just to just for Rosala. You know, I want to make everybody happy. I want to ride for everybody. I know sometimes I can, but it's part of this business, you know. And I I want to make every door open. Well, we know how that works, you know. If you're winning, then uh, that opens eyes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, I think well, let's give let's give Valdez a shot on this horse. He's open this race, and or he it, well, if he's riding for the leading trainer, he must be pretty good. <laughs> That's Why not, right. Let's get him on our horse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, well, it's great to meet you, and uh, again, a, an excellent addition to our jockey colony here at Emerald Downs, and uh, have a great season, Alexis. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Enjoy the weather. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you, man. Alexis Valdez, part of a pretty darn strong Emerald Downs jockey colony as Luis Negron leads Kevin Radke 9-8. to eight.
early on in those standings with uh, Valdez third at six, Alex Cruz and Silvio Amador five. Amador's another nice newcomer. He's made yeah. an impression on me. He's in the right place at the right time on his mounts. All right. And Carlos Montalvo, another yeah. great newcomer. He's Just all he needs is a couple live mounts. Taking advantage of what he has. Okay, well, let's have some selections from this weekend. Vince is going to uh, refrain because he's doing the morning line. I'm going to go to, uh, what is it, race six on Saturday. Yeah, it's a three-year-old sprint. Um, and Secret Saga is your morning line favorite on the outside. He's coming off a real impressive maiden victory. Very he, impressive. He beat nine others, and he beat them soundly. Powerfully, yep. And that was his second career start, so... There's something there, but I'm going to try and uh, first race against winners. Mr. Midas ran a good third to Company's Dream behind its turbo, and Mr. Midas is pretty well seasoned, uh, winning here last year, running pretty darn well on the Golden Gate track also last fall. But Ice Tower is going to run better on Saturday. He came off his maiden victory or his first career start last year, which was in which he had trouble and he won easily didn't do well on the Gottstein first time out this year it's that same race company's dream over its turbo and Mr. Midas he was fourth in there he did run on pretty well after uh, just being squeezed out and dropping back on the inside um, the extra ground is going to give him a chance I think fellas um, Javier Matias is back for trainer Vince Gibson that was a stable mate who beat him Last yeah, company's too. dream. Yeah. two for two now. So ten to one on Ice Tower. Think he's going to outrun his odds a little bit. Mister Midas got him by a couple lengths there on May fourteenth, but I think uh, Ice Tower has a little more room for improvement. So I'm going to give him the chance in that sixth race. That's Bill? the price, all right. Yeah. You talked about Carlos Montavo and riding for Live Barnes. I think uh, Montavo's got in with the. Uh, uh, the Tom Wenzel barn. Sure has. And uh, my pick in the fourth race is a Wenzel trainee named Supermax, who is uh, 0 for 3 lifetime, but ran a, one, uh, ran in a stakes race uh, earlier, uh, or a second career start last season. And he also uh, lost to Ice Tower. There's a segue there. Lost to Ice Tower in his last race, where he went off as a 6-5 favorite and just kind of ran an even third. Now, uh, blinkers off. I just always thought that Supermax could run a bit. I, and, and the good news is, is it's such a deep race. There's, it's an interesting mix of first-time starters mm -hmm. and horses with race experience. Charlie Essex has uh, Tavernell, a son of Bernardini, who's had some very fast workouts. He's also in the race, but he draws the inside post, which can be difficult for uh, horses in bigger fields. Uh, first time out if they don't break grade, but uh, Supermax for me uh, and five to one in Vince's uh, morning line, which I I think it's uh, is fair. You may might might get bet a little bit, but um, you know it's a wide open race uh, from top to bottom. So Supermax in race four on Saturday uh, will be my pick. I'll tell you what that Tom Wenzel barn already off the bench this year. Aloha Breeze with a huge effort, and yeah. then Silvery Orb, yes, very talented four year old uh, runs down Miss Dynamic. You know, who was a stakes winner here last yeah. year, and that was a... I think, Silver... Bill, you were on Silvery Orb, weren't you? Last yes, year? I yeah, was. he was, I and was... that was a very nice win because she sat right off the pace like a pro there and just and reeled her in in the stretch. Yeah, so. I, I remember her, her maiden win. She didn't get off. She just blew the start, and then even though it was just a field of five, she you know didn't just circle up, loop and swoop, if you will, 
kind of did it the professional way, right. splitting horses on the turn. And that's what really caught my eye with Silvery Orb. And I, I was uh, high on her going into uh, uh, last weekend's race. And, uh, you know, she got a buyer 69. Um, but she, the way she did it, she seems to be uh, uh, rapidly improving uh, four-year-old filly. And uh, I think there's still a lot of upside Silver uh, with Orb, Silvery yeah. Orb. You know, I think she's seven to two late. And the hammer really dropped on her late. And but Miss Dynamic ended up favored by five dollars. Yeah, yeah, it was five thir bucks. Thirteen thousand and fifty-five to thirteen thousand and fifty. I saw that. Yeah, pretty interesting. But yeah, I, boy, uh, anything with the Tom Wenzel name on it, I'll give a second look. He's got a lot of young horses. Sure does. There. You bet. So and it's going to be a pretty strong year for he's, Tom. He's had a lot. And of Carlos years. Montavo. It looks like to be the 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 go-to right now so i got no problem with that How about he, that for carlos that is a great barn to get into yeah and carlos is a talented writer i mean he's got quite a resume if you look at it he's he's won a lot of races he's a confident kid too yeah, yeah. as you mentioned joe this is a pretty deep colony this could year. be another guest future guest for horse racing north you know what i did you, should... you interview him i think it was after the aloha breeze race mm -hmm. in the paddock and he seemed like a well-spoken young writer too we had him uh couple of little paragraphs on our training day we put him on there with some sound bites yeah. a few weeks ago when he first came up okay so there's a couple of selections on saturday from bill and myself our selections are on uh, emerald downs website under the racing tab and uh sports shorts i don't have too much this week i'm just gonna say in the uh the boston miami heat series the underdog has won all four games straight up. Boston was that's a big favorite yeah. at home, and Miami won the first two there. And then Boston was a, like a five-point favorite in the third game in Miami, and Miami beat them easily. And then Miami was a one-point favorite at home for game four, and Boston won that by 17 or something. So uh, next game is in Boston. Tonight, I think, or Thursday yeah. as we speak. Yeah, yeah game... Uh, Five back in Boston. Boston, of course, is down three games to one, so they need to win. But uh, um, the other side, Denver, and their outside shooting is freaking unstoppable right now, which is pretty entertaining the way those guys have somebody on them and step back from 24 feet and just nail these three-pointers after three-pointers, and then they got Jokic. So NBA playoffs are fairly interesting. I'll dovetail off that. Okay. Um, you mentioned Boston and Miami. So in the city of Miami, the Florida Panthers, they play in Sunshine, Florida, which is right outside of Miami. So in the NBA, what was the, the Heat were, what, a 10 seed or they were a play-in yeah. or whatever? And they take out, uh, well, one game away from taking out Boston. And in hockey, the Florida Panthers were an eight seed, and they took out the one number one Boston Bruins, who were on a record-setting season. They were down three games to one, end up winning four games to three. And since then, I think they've won 11 out of their last 12 wow. games. They just swept Carolina and are on their way to the Stanley Cup Finals. So the city of Miami, as low seeds, are on quite a roll in the NBA and the NHL this year. And the Hurricanes made the Final Four in the NCAA basketball tournament as well. And Florida, was it Florida Atlantic, was uh, right there as well. In uh, That's right. They yeah. were in the Final Four. Yeah. So City of Miami's on a heater. The okay. The Dolphins and the, and the Marlins, however, I don't think can uh, pick up the slack. That would be asking a lot, right, Bill? 
Well, Dolphins could be a playoff team this year, but yeah. uh, you know, Tua's health is is the big question mark. But they got the Dolphins. We'll, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more NFL as we get uh, closer and closer to the season. The Dolphins have got a pretty good defense uh, that people don't talk about too much. But uh, I, I digress with my NFL talk. But uh, Seattle Mariner update uh, won the last three games. They play uh, Athletics tonight. Uh, Logan Gilbert on the bump for the M's and big favorites. So hopefully they get the sweep against the lowly athletics. And they are lowly. They are lowly. They're they're basically, you know, you don't want setting some records. You don't want to say they're the triple A type of team, but uh, you know, that it, it they're just not very good. Uh, but you gotta win these games. Hopefully they get to two over five hundred with a win tonight. Then the pirates come to town. Uh, over the weekend, which is another team I'm very familiar with, uh, even though my girlfriend back home is trying to think, trying to get me to root for the uh, the, the Pirates. That ain't going to happen. I'm, go- I'm going to the game on uh, Friday. I was there uh, earlier in the week, Monday and Wednesday. Vince and I are going on uh, Tuesday when the Yankees, and that's going to be, I think, the big test. But, you know, the Mariners starting rotation, they are getting strong pitching performances. This Bryce Miller, my oh, gosh. Oh, okay, goodness so what's gracious. what's happened with him since last week? Because he, well, was... he, p- he pitched last night, okay. and he just, you know, mowed at the athletics wow. down. He's got, so. in 31 innings, he's got three walks and 28 Ks. He's got Jeez. a 1.15 ERA. 1.15 ERA. Now, now the yeah. Braves, I think, touched him for a couple runs early, but yeah. then he even settled down against them and, Right, solid, and that's what I like to see is when you you know you're not just killing it out there. How do you battle and and keep your team in, in a game? And yeah, they didn't win that game, but uh, Bryce Miller is something else. I was out there, I got there early, so I was watching him uh, warm up before the game and just seeing his routine. And because you could get real close uh, at uh, T-Mobile um, with the, the bullpens. You can, you know, you can see exactly what they're doing and how they're how they go about uh, their business. And uh, uh, this young man, he's you know, he's he's something else. And then you add him with the, to a starting rotation of Castillo, Logan Gilbert, and George Kirby. That that is a superfecta of of starting arms. And um, I, I I'm still very high on the Mariners. And I think you know they just get their bats going. Julio is just. You know, he's, he's, he's just on the cusp. He had a couple of yeah. multi-hit games earlier in the he's week. He's too good not to bust out. Yeah. And, you know, once that happens, that, that's your, that's your superstar bats and add him with uh Kellenic and uh, maybe Raleigh. Ma- yeah. Maybe Cal can get going and then we will, then we'll have something to uh, be talking about here. And so, Bill's got the Mariners at over 87 and a half. Yes. Year. That's my bet. I made it at the beginning of the season before I, came out here to uh to washington where my state uh, actually i can make uh, wagers uh uh online if you will don't have to go to the casino now, now what do you think the, the astros are down a little bit this year but how about the texas rangers rangers are the big surprise i mean i guess we'll see uh you know about them i i saw them they won a game that i i was in attendance uh earlier in the year against the mariners um, just yeah, you know, starting pitching, I guess, with them. Yeah, they got the, the bats. They got Texas. the bats, that's for sure. But you know, in Texas, it, it's hot, 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 at, especially where uh, the Rangers play uh, in the summertime. But uh, yeah, we'll see how they do. Well, we're gonna have great weather this weekend, guys. It yeah. looks like fantastic weather at Emerald Downs. Yeah, once again, uh, racing Saturday, Sunday, and Monday at 2 p.m. And Sunday's card is drawn nine races on Sunday, eight on Saturday. 
And uh, same thing on Monday. We'll be racing at two, and we have some nice prizes in the Great Outdoors giveaway once again. All right. Well, uh, fellas, let's finish it off with some trivia. Last week's question, um, among Washington-bred horses five years of age or older, who has the highest single-season earnings of any five-year-old and up in Washington bred history. It's out of boy Roy back in 2010. He won that Churchill Downs handicap, earned 345000 at age five. And he, of course, a sire now based in Kentucky. Uh, we had a couple of winning entries. Michael Tarlow got the coin flip. He wins again. Michael is pretty good in this trivia. I thought it might be a little tougher question. He's but... a Hall of Famer now too, out of boy Roy. Yeah, that's right. The induction ceremony on... Uh, Saturday, August 12th, for this year's class of the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Roy Schaefer, Valerie Lund, and the breeders, Debbie Pabst, and, uh, oh boy, I'm sorry, forgot Was the... it Patricia Murphy? Yes. Yeah. Very good. Patricia Murphy, she had him, she Fixes had the mare bet. first, yeah. Um, and then Debbie Pabst went in share okay so michael gets that one the new question is uh, around the long acres mile of jockeys with two or more long acres mile victories who has the best winning percentage there's a lot of jockeys with two or more wins in the mile of all of them who has the best winning percentage send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com and we'll get another winner and i think uh Bill, we got another Where Are They Now ready to go this weekend, I believe. You just voiced that. Yep. Excellent. Okay, and that is a horse that didn't win here at Emerald Downs, but she's having a really good time in life in northern Nevada. So, that's it. Thanks to our guests, Dan Markle, Alexis Valdez. That is Horse Racing Northwest.